0: podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Seahawks fans, wherever you may be, welcome back for another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. Join your host, Bill Alpstead, and co-host, sports writer and football analyst, Keith Myers, as we talk Seahawks football. Hey, Seahawks fans, welcome back to another episode of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Alpstead, sitting down with co-host, Mr. Keith Myers. How are you doing, Keith? I am doing good. How are you? I'm doing okay. Doing good. Uh, Phoenix is uh, pretty good this time of the year. As as you know, you used to be an a Arizona resident for a, for a time. Uh, April is probably one of my favorite months in Arizona, where the daytime temperatures aren't so extreme yet. And the nighttime temperatures, you can start dining outside and going to your favorite pub and sitting out on the patio. Um, so it's it's actually pretty pleasant this time that you're waking up in the morning, going outside, having a cup of coffee. Uh, that's that's always fun.
1: Or waking up on Sunday and going outside and playing around a golf.
0: Yeah, did um, that. Did that. Yeah. <laughs> Don't ask me. Do not ask me how I did. How do How'd you do, Bill? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I, I, uh, I took about a year off because I was recovering for some, from some back surgery and all that kind of stuff. And, and so last year I played around and then life just got busy, uh, traveled a little bit and, um, yeah, and it'd been months since we'd gone out and played golf. And I was like, man, we need to get, get out and get going. So about three, three, four weeks ago we did, and I did pretty good for, for not going out for a year. Uh, and then this last Sunday, I don't know what happened. Um, I, I, well, maybe I do. It was, it was a more challenging course. And, uh, I thought that I was, I, you know, I was kind of stubborn in the way I was hitting it and wanted to kind of stick with it and so forth. So it just, it drove me crazy. I was, I, I think I golfed in the low one hundreds, like one Oh three or something like that for the round, which for me is not good. Um, normally I'm in the low, low nineties. And I've been as good as like, you know, in the mid to, to high 80s as far as a handicap you know like a 14 handicap uh but that was when i was golfing like 12 16 times a year and now it's nothing so a little yeah. disappointed but had a great time uh that's, had a great time. fantastic matters, right? weather yeah it was when fun I enjoy the
1: weather walk walk you know walk the links have some fun um usually the company's good so yeah yeah, yeah we we played that's what uh, golf's all
0: about my significant other and, and myself played uh, around and we were joined by just one other guy. So it was, uh, it was pretty quick and he was a pro. He would, had been a pro, not a, on the PGA tour, but just as a, as a, uh, as a coach, you um, know, in a, in a PGA um, capacity. And so he was full of fun information and, and tips and pointers and stuff, which we, all we took in all of cool. it. But yeah. All right. So Keith. This is kind of your show this week. Yeah,
1: this is a fun one because uh, everybody gets to make fun of me uh, this week. Um, Not that you stop making fun of me any other week, and I'm okay with that too, but um, this one is especially designed to make me look bad. Um, And I'm I'm here for it. Like, this is awesome. So what this is, is this is my shadow draft. So watching the draft, every time the Seahawks make a pick, I make a pick. And usually, so if the Seahawks make trades, um, they're in charge of that, but when the when the thing on the TV screen comes up and says pick is, Seahawks pick is in, I write down who I'm picking in that spot, and then as the draft continues, I assume that the Seahawks drafted the players on my draft, not the ones they actually drafted, and so it's based on the players who are actually available in that moment, and can I assemble a competent draft? And most years the answer is not really. Um, but this year actually didn't do too badly. And we're going to go through it kind of pick by pick, um, compare what I did versus what the Seahawks did versus where the player I wanted actually went.
0: Um, so so let's, let me ask you this before we get started. Did you, have you, uh, do you like the Seahawks draft? And if you were to kind of give it a grade, that's as some people do before it even matters, really what, where are they at with what they actually did?
1: So I would probably give them a B. I I do like their draft. I don't really like day two, um, completely. I mean, some good players. And the more that I read about um, Hall, the more I like that pick. Um, I did not like it initially just because I didn't think his tape was that good. But the fact that um come to find out that the CX only had 20 players with a first round grade. Yeah. And he was one of them and they got him in round 2 like Yeah. I'm not going to knock that pick because these guys know what they're doing at, at the top of the draft. They've done a really good job when they have guys rated with a first round grade. There's usually 15 to 20 and that's it out of 32 yeah. picks. They've only got 15 to 20 guys that are ranked. Yeah. They said uh, they had 20 the
0: 20 grade. guys that, with first round grades.
1: And they got 3 of them this year.
0: Which is tremendous, so, really.
1: Yeah. Yep. That's a topic for another show. So, um, But anyway, so we'll We'll go through this and, and, and kind of go through all of it. I've got my list ready. I've got um, what the Seahawks did and where people went already. So let's start rolling through this.
0: Yeah. Well, we know what happened at the top of the draft. How did that influence your decision-making?
1: It didn't influence my decision-making at all.
0: Okay. Um, so Bryce Young came off, Stroud came off, Will Anderson, Anthony Richardson was gone right before Seattle picked. Seattle's yep. at the clock at five. Uh, you could have gone a number of different directions. Of course, you know all of the mock drafts out there, et cetera, um, kind of pointed in into the Wilson uh, idea, the um,
1: Jalen really Carter,
0: that. and that's right. who I went with. Okay, so
1: at at five, I went with Jalen Carter, who is the most talented player in this draft. I I, I don't I I feel confident saying that uh, the most talented player in this draft. He's a Dominant interior um, defensive lineman like you'll never see. And he's a guy that um, comes with a lot of off-field questions. There's a lot of risk there. Um, But there is not a lot of... To me, there aren't 10 guys in this draft that belong in the top 10. There's like five, and he's one of them. Um, And... So it was worth it to me to take him there. And uh that was where I went. I mean, the CX went with with Witherspoon, um, a guy with all pro potential at cornerback. Did they need a cornerback? Not really, but everybody needs another all pro cornerback. If you can get one, you get one. And the CX did. So I, as much as on that day, like I, you go back and listen to Earl and the show right after, and I was like, oh, why did they do that? you know, it didn't take me long to buy in and realize just how good this kid is. Um, I love that pick. So, uh, they went that, um, and then Carter slipped down to nine and he went to the Eagles. Um, this is a guy that probably should have been the first non quarterback off the board. He probably should have gone at three, but the off field stuff was, was, was real. And so he, he slipped all the way to nine. He was the, um, uh, you know the first defensive lineman to go but like the third defense fourth defensive player um and that's that's weird but
0: yeah overall yeah. i I, yeah,
1: no. I i don't hate that he went in that range and and where i picked him so i'm actually okay with that one
0: i think you know seahawks fans were were probably come in a little mixed on that player uh but i think would have left the draft happy with the pick um just because of the sheer need at the position and we took care of that at the top end of the draft with a high-end talent. Now, it was going to be the roll with the dice as far as the traits, the personality traits, uh, mm-hmm. the baggage that he came with, all that kind of stuff. And at five, that was just too much for the Seahawks to overcome. Um, and, they, and they went with Witherspoon. So we'll see how those players wash out. You know, that, that's going to be one of those things. I think Seattle pays attention to uh, Jalen Carter in his career as far as what if um and and we'll see i wish him well you know where he's at it's a solid pick for you i you know value wise you can't argue with that pick at all so seattle doesn't make any other moves any other trades um and they make the selection at 20. um now depending on who came off the board with you how did that influence your uh, selection at all
1: um so in reality you start looking at this and uh guys that i was i was looking at i was watching fall um, you know, Christian Gonzalez kept falling, and I kept being like, "Hmm, yeah, that that would that would be intriguing." Which I just said they don't need a cornerback, but yet I'm looking at a guy that, you know, probably is one of the few guys that that I think is a top ten caliber pick. Right. And He, he ends up going seven. He, he ends up going 17. 17. Yeah. Uh, for the Seahawks, Kaleja Cansey was probably their pick. He went 19. um yeah. And then they yeah, they, they weren't that. able to do that. Um, but he wouldn't, he wasn't in play for me because I'd gotten Carter and they play the same position. Um, and so I was looking at, you know, some, some other guys, there's actually a bunch of guys, uh, but the, what fell in front didn't change what I was going to do much. Cause like I said, the classic, you can't see one didn't matter as much, um, but it was more of what came after. And so I'm looking at the spot. I've already got Carter there and I stay on the defensive side and I got get maybe the best athlete. Overall in this draft, and that's Nolan Smith, the um, wow. edge slash linebacker out of Georgia. The guy is a super athlete c- compared to other NFL athletes, which are all super athletes, right? He's um one of those really rare, just like insanely athletic guys that make yep. NFL players look non-athletic. Um, he didn't go till 30. So I took him 10 picks before the NFL did. Yep. Um but you know
0: he could be higher on certain certain boards and and whatnot. I mean, obviously the Philadelphia Eagles scored again uh, mm-hmm. with with I believe one of the best players in this draft. It probably end up being a, you know a ten year pro. Um, that that's really interesting to me. But I think that you made that pick thinking that you were staying with your board. Every all the evaluations, all the consensus big boards had him going earlier potentially before Seattle was on the clock at twenty. Uh, so that took that pick in retrospect, makes a lot of sense. You didn't reach for certain players like Brian Bresi or Mozzie Smith at that spot, you could have. You could have also gone with Deontay Banks at corner or one of the, the three or four wide receivers that was available right there.
1: Including Jackson Smith and Jigma, who the Seahawks went with, who's in a lot of people's opinion, the best wide receiver in this draft. Um so again can't really fault seattle they they needed a wide receiver they got the best one in the entire draft
0: and according um, to them he was only one of one of two, one of one or one of two players left on their board uh at at that spot right with with yeah, the first there was, round grade it, it was, there was one few. of
1: one of four one of the four. first round grade when they yeah. made that pick um and yeah so they were able to get they were I mean they needed a wide receiver they got the best one you can't complain about that I'm sticking defense because in my opinion the defense needs everything it can possibly get so I went Carter that's why I went Smith they're both front seven guys um and that's where I went and then I went away from the defense for a while after
0: this pick Interesting so we're just calling you the Philadelphia Eagles of the West
1: Yeah All actually right. <laughs> cuz I did
0: take I took their the
1: two the two players the Eagles picked in the first round of the two players that I picked which is weird and everything,
0: but all right. So Seattle, uh, and, uh, Keith Myers came back on day two. Um, and the, the draft started off at 32, uh, with Joey Porter Jr. Going to the, um, the Steelers will Levis came off the board, which is interesting. Cause I thought maybe he might've been in play for Seattle at, as a guy that was kind of falling in the draft a little bit. Good value there at that top end of the second round. Sam Laporta, Michael Mayer, and then at 36, Steve uh, Avia uh, comes off the board from TCU, the um, the potential center guard mm-hmm. slash guard uh, that they, we thought they may have been interested in. I thought maybe because of his size at 6'4", 331, he might have been a little too big for their scheme and what they were looking for in a guard, maybe not, um, it, d- because of the guy that they ended up choosing later on. So, so Seattle's on the clock at thirty-seven. Keith, are you? Um, this is are one you of those disappointed where what happened, right now, what happened or are you?
1: Right before did affect what I did okay. because having Steve Avila come off the board there meant I'm like, okay, there's going to be a run on interior linemen now because with he when he comes off, there's not that many good interior linemen. You're going to see a bunch go. It didn't actually happen that way where where you had a run, um, but it felt like there was going to be one. And I went into this draft knowing that I needed a starter on the offensive line in the interior. And I went with um, Joe Tippmann, the center out of Wisconsin here. And this was kind of a last second switch for me. I was gonna go with um, Schmitz, the um, the other center, but I, I I was thinking about it and I looked at the age of the prospect and because he was significantly yeah. younger, I'm like, I'm gonna go with the younger player because there's a higher hit rate um when it comes to younger players um in the NFL. And so I went with Joe Tipman at center uh, with that pick. Now he went to the Jets at pick forty three. So that's six picks after, yeah, yeah six picks that's, that's again really close. relatively re- reasonable um relatively reasonable uh, like value wise value. Um, but I was expecting, okay, if I go Titman after they win a Vila, I was expecting, you know, guys like Schmitz and um other interior Cody, mock. Cody Cody mock. Yeah. Um
0: come right off the board. Yeah.
1: Yeah, just and just just to start coming up. Osiris Torrance too. I expected there to be a run right there and not being able to wait until the second second round pick. And that's why I went with Titman in that spot.
0: Interesting. So Seahawks went with Derek Hall, obviously, the edge out of Auburn. Uh, Keith coming around on that pick. I love the pick. I think the team really loves the pick. And I think everyone else is kind of warming up to this, kind of finding out what this player is made of, what he's all about. Um, Just a side note, too. He he was born four months premature, you know, came out at like 2.1 pounds. Uh, His mom said he could fit in the palm of her hand. Um, spent five months in the in the uh, Nick unit, um, preemie unit, in, in the hospital before he could come home. Um, at one point, the doctors advised her to turn off the machines. This guy was born um, not alive. They had to resuscitate him. So talk about a Seahawk, a guy that, uh, that Pete Carroll calls resilient and a fighter and gritty. You know that sort of thing is is what they they like to see, and so I think people are falling in love with a player like that for sure. Okay. So after after that, the um, Matt uh, Matthew Bergeron, one of the offensive tackles slash guard, uh, came off the board. So an interior player, he's going to end up playing guard. Jonathan Mingo, wide receiver, came uh, a lot earlier than I thought he would. I knew that he would come earlier than the consensus mock drafts, but um, at thirty nine. <laughs>
1: He's a bigger guy that can play on the outside. So many of the wide yep. receivers in this draft were undersized slot-only guys. You knew, knew Mingo was going to go earlier than people were saying simply because yep. he's one of the few guys that can play on the outside.
0: Yeah. Uh, you mentioned Joe Tipman at 43. Julius Brents was another player that we looked at a lot. Um, mm-hmm. Was he a consideration for you in this he spot?
1: He was, because I had a feeling he wasn't going to be there at the next um, the next time Seattle picked. And so I was... Looking at that, and I'm like, he's a guy I really like, and I want to go there. But honestly, getting that center, that starting center who's going to be there forever, um, was too important to me. And so, yes, this was a need, a need pick, um, for me to go with
0: Titman, but also value. I think so. I think so too. Okay. So Seahawks stayed on the clock again at 52. Um, their second pick of the second round on, <clears throat> on day two of the draft. Which direction did you go? So I went with wide receiver Marvin Menz Jr.
1: Um, out of Oklahoma. He's an undersized uh, guy, a slot guy um, with tremendous speed, and uh, is a guy that I just think that is a is kind of fit for what Seattle needs and what they want um, as their third receiver and. He was the best player available Mm -hmm. at the time and so and you know him with his 438 speed and just you know able to jump out of the out of the um building and and all that kind of stuff it just made too much sense to go get it go get him even if he is only 511 183 he's kind of tyler lockett sized and maybe a little smaller but i i like that speed and i knew i needed a wide receiver and he was the best one and what i started seeing is at this point there was going to be a drop right because you get past Mims and the quality of the next guy seemed like it, there was a shelf right there's a there's a big drop between Mims and the next guy in my opinion
0: well and rashi so- rashi rice went 55 overall to kansas city he was the the next wide receiver off the board before mems but Mims was the next guy Mm-hmm. it Mims ended up going at the back end of the second round pick 63 overall uh right where we drafted uh, another uh Seahawk yeah wide receiver DK he came Metcalf. yeah uh, and he went to the yeah, broncos. So,
1: so um like I said Mims was in my opinion um the best wide receiver and then the second best wide receiver on the board was a big step down so I was like I got to do this now. I need a wide receiver. I need a guy that can play and have an impact all season because we need a third wide receiver. And if I wait, I'm going to get a guy that I don't know I can count on. And so that's why I went with Mims there.
0: So um, we moved into the third round. And eventually we moved out of the third round. Seattle made Mm -hmm. the trade with the Denver Broncos. Um, Denver ended up choosing Riley Moss at pick 83 um there's no trades in your your world you made that pick correct
1: no I made the pick when the Seahawks make it oh
0: okay oh okay so you you made that trade as well and then so we fell out of the third round altogether so what were you thinking that you were going to do before they made that trade um if you remember yeah yeah Diaby went went the pick before DJ Johnson, Josh Downs, uh, Byron Young, the edge out of Tennessee, uh, went off the board at, at 77, uh, players that were on the board available to De- Hay and, uh, Henley, the linebacker I was, that, that you I don't liked.
1: know what I would have done. Cause I didn't actually write a name down, but I can tell you who I was looking at. I was looking at, um, Siaki Ika, um, the giant nose tackle. I was looking at, uh, Michael Wilson, the wide receiver mm-hmm. out of Stanford that, that, just showed up at the senior bowl and and made a name for himself. And I was looking at a couple of linebackers, um, DeMarvian Overshone out of Texas and um the kid out of Washington State, um, Dalian Henley. Yeah. And I didn't know who I was gonna pick, like out of that. Like I they traded out. So I never actually made that decision. But those were the guys that I was looking at um and didn't make a pick then. So
0: interesting all right so the Seahawks uh via trade are on the board at 108. um what did you do
1: I went with running back which I know is gonna people are gonna be like oh why running back because you know people hate running backs but I went with your favorite running back in the draft other than the one the Seahawks drafted yeah. um because they will you know Seahawks drafted running back in round two here in round four I went with Rashawn Johnson the running yeah. back out of Texas nice. um honestly this was not an easy pick for me. Um, they needed a running back. Having getting a running back in this draft class was necessary. I was kind of hoping that I could wait longer, but I'd watched a bunch of other guys drop off the board in the last round. And I'm like, every running back is going 15 picks sooner than I expected them to. And that started in round one where we had two, two um Running backs go in the top twelve. I, it's about fifteen picks earlier than I expected for both of them.
0: And, and you knew so, you had a pick at one twenty-three, so you weren't you didn't have far to go, in, yep. you know, to to get another position if you needed it. So,
1: yep. And so that's why I like that pick.
0: I, <clears throat> that's a good value spot, you know. And everyone, I think everyone's going to like your draft because a you 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 use the first three picks inside the trenches on both sides of the ball. You got the wide receiver, the third wide receiver option for Seattle. They needed a slot guy. You got a slot guy, and then Rashawn Johnson, uh, the running back, one of the one of the most physical running backs in the draft, is is a good bet. And if you're not going to get Charbonneau or Charbonnet, uh, you get Johnson. And um, I, you mm-hmm. know, I think I think your draft is matching up so far, pretty darn good, Keith. Really.
1: Yeah. Uh, at the time I took him, my I was, I was like, I really should just wait to 123 and see if he's there, but like I said, everyone was going about 15 picks sooner. And if I expect him to be there at 123 for me to pick, that means 15 picks sooner is there as far as running backs go, I better take him now. So I did. I wasn't super excited about the the, the value. Um, and it ended up being about 10 picks early. He went one, where was it? 115 to the bears.
0: Um, so Ade Ade was on the board when you made the he selection.
1: He was on the board, and I don't feel great about not picking him either. I mean that um, he's a guy I really like. I really like Ade. You Ade. would have
0: addressed all three position groups in 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 this draft on the defensive line if you would have made that selection. Really
1: true. And I thought about it honestly. Uh, he was he was a guy I thought about there. Um, Anthony Bradford, the guard out of LSU, who the Seahawks picked, was a consideration there. Um, not as high on the list as other players.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just because we really hadn't talked about him too much. I I think.
1: Yeah, but I looked at him, and I but I was looking at guys. You know, there was a bunch of guards. There's John Gaines, um, Breeden Daniels, and there was another one, Chandler which,
0: Zavala. Zavala.
1: Yeah, Zavala. Um, and who were all kind of sitting there at that spot, and so I was like. That's a lot. If I wanna wait, I bet I can wait and get one of them at the next the later and, and see how that falls. Um and I just honestly I it was something about um you know getting uh that running back that I, I just felt like I had to, so I did.
0: Yeah. I get it. I do. All right. One twenty three.
1: Yep, one twenty three. Um see I with Cameron Young. Um a little undersized for a nose tackle, but they're going to beef him up and, and make him a nose tackle. I actually don't like that pick. Um, I looking back and I'm like, what? that would have been such a good pick, especially with Carter. Carter's not a nose tackle. He's a three tech. Um, mm-hmm. it, that, getting a, him a guy that can sit beside mm-hmm. him and um, and do that would have been really cool. Um But I didn't do that. I went linebacker because I, yes, I got Nolan Smith who's more of an outside linebacker, but I think he can play in the middle and well, he can play everywhere. Um, it was athleticism. I went with a pure um middle linebacker and a guy with insane speed. Um, and that is um Abdullah out of uh Louisville, who I don't think was drafted for a while, if I remember right. I'm picked this guy. Oh, he I guess he went the first pick in the in the fifth round. Um, Yasir Abdullah, uh, at 136. So that was. One more I, I maybe mm-hmm. I reached a little. Um but the guy's super athletic and fast. The guy has just serious wheels and the CX could you can always use more team speed at linebacker. And given the lack of depth and everything at linebacker, I wanted a second one and to get a guy with his athleticism.
0: Yeah, yeah. One of the I most athletic linebackers in the draft. I love that. Yeah, depth, I just, really.
1: And and I just didn't want to wait. I, I know that um in the draft media consensus, big boards, he was down quite a ways, but I knew he was going to go earlier than, um, the media predicted he would. And fourth round felt a little early. Maybe I can wait till the fifth, but I didn't, is a guy I didn't want to lose because, so I I just went ahead and did it.
0: Did you consider at all a a quarterback out of this draft, whether it was a kid from Stanford or Clayton tune, the the quarterback at Houston that went one thirty nine. No. Anything interested you at all that we ended up not getting in this draft that were available to you, if if you wanted to?
1: The only quarterback that I wanted um, was uh, Josh Hayner, quarterback out of um, Fresno State, mm-hmm. but he went pick one twenty seven to um, the Saints, and that was way too early. I, I so I, I I wasn't in play for for him. Um, if he had been around in round five, I would have maybe thought about it really. If he had been in six, it would have been a done deal, but he went the fourth round. That was just too early. I had, I had needs that needed filled and I went with that. Um, and so, so,
0: so, so far in the draft, you've drafted a defensive tackle edge, mm-hmm. a center wide receiver, running back and linebacker. It seems like at at this point, you've kind of got all of your real needs that you wanted to come out of the draft with taken care of and now you're kind of choosing best player available is that kind of where your mind's at
1: yeah so i i hit a lot of need which i know um ends up not necessarily always giving you the best draft because if you get the best player available instead of need you're you're usually not reaching um but i knew what i wanted i knew that there were certain positions i needed to hit because i felt the roster needed it and so i went that direction and um in the end, I didn't feel like I reached that much, so it worked out for me.
0: Well, we'll talk about the rest here. Let's let's go to one fifty-one, Keith. What'd you do?
1: Um, so at one fifty-one, um, I went with um, safety Antonio Johnson out of Texas A&M, who didn't go until one sixty. So not that bad um, of a thing. I had Antonio Johnson as a third round. Great, and he's a big body guy that can cover in the slot and place um
0: uh yeah he's a big guy strong, big prospect st- too
1: strong safety i i don't understand why he went this late um and literally if you on my board he was like there were a bunch of guys below him that had already been taken and i I'm still wondering why he's sitting there. So I just went ahead and and grabbed, did the CX need a safety? Not really, but if they end up finally getting out from underneath that Jamal Adams contract, they'll need one. Um, and honestly, I wanted one like him because I'm still mad that Ryan Neal's gone. <laughs> um, so there's that. Um. The other guy that I considered in that spot was Nick Hampton, the edge out of Appalachian State. And he's Appalachian State. Like, he's not, this isn't like a, a ready-made pro, but man, this guy's like crazy athletic. And it's a, it's a fun prospect, A guy that can just mm-hmm. do things that guys his size shouldn't be able to do. And- you just
0: wanted to see it, see him do it against a better competition. Yeah. And, and, yeah, and yeah, that and was his well, rub.
1: And might as well do it in a Seahawk uniform because I think it's going to be pretty good. Yeah. But ultimately, um, you know, Antonio Johnson, I had rated like a full round ahead of, of Hampton. I, I couldn't not, I couldn't, I couldn't pass on him. So I just did. I just took nice. him and, and I don't feel bad about it. I know it's, I guess it's, a, it's only nine picks before um, he actually went. I don't know why, but in my, in my stuff, I thought I'd picked him way too early, but apparently it's only nine picks. So it's not too You've
0: bad. You've been really close to where the players have actually gone. So I'm impressed actually. All right. Mike, Mike Morris went at 151 to the Seahawks. Um, In, in the real world. How about you at 154? I went with
1: guard Jordan McFadden, um, in part just, I, it was interior line was one of those positions I was okay. Doubling up on, and I wanted a guy that I felt could develop into a, um, you know, uh, a Mm -hmm. long-term player. Was Mm -hmm. he going to be a long-term player? I don't know. Um, but I felt that he could get there. Uh, with the right uh, coaching and and the right development, and and that's the direction that I went. And I'm trying to find where he went because for some reason I don't have that written down. He
0: actually went 156, just a couple couple picks later, to the Chargers. Yep. Yeah. Oh, oh, I I was thinking
1: he went out like a full round after he after that. But it's he only did. a couple picks. Wow, that's, did, your yeah. nat, that's your not that's are not better than I. This is actually turning out better than I thought it did. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, because I don't know. I was thinking he was in down in the sixth round, uh, so I'm like look, going through the sixth round, going, where did he go? I have to. Um,
0: I, do, I have to be honest. I do like Uluwatimi, uh, the Seattle uh, center that they chose as a prospect, better than McFadden. But I get the pick. You already got Tipman that's uh, the as your center. And Jordan McFadden comes in. I don't know that he necessarily pushes for the starting role right away, um, but he's going to add depth to a position where we're light.
1: Yeah, and the other player that I was really considering there was um, um, Owen Popo, the linebacker out of mm-hmm. Auburn. But I'd already done two linebackers, mm-hmm. so I was like, no, nah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go make another another position better.
0: The the only uh, p- pick that I would have considered was a guy that I constantly mocked that I just fell in love with in the in the pre draft process was Terrell Smith the corner out of uh, Minnesota 6-1-2-0-4, just a feisty kind of man to man type corner uh, you hadn't had a corner up to that point I would have considered him at that spot but yeah no I get it
1: yeah I didn't have a corner up to that point um, the there was God, there was another player let me look at round see if I around um, six and see if i can remember who it was
0: carl brooks no the tight it was the tight
1: end um the super crazy athlete from liberty um you know i'm talking about coots yeah coots which maybe he didn't go to the seventh round
0: yeah i'm not sure i don't
1: but I, I looked at that and I, cause I'm like, he's just so crazy athletic that I thought yeah, about it. Right. And then my board won and I'm like, okay, let's just, let's, let's do the, do the, do the thing here. I want to, I want to, um, a guard. He's a guard. I like a guard that I think can be a starter, um, for Seattle and fairly quickly, even though it's a fifth round pick. So I'm yeah, that direction. Right.
0: Right. Interesting. All right. Seattle moves into the sixth round um seattle is on the clock at 198 what did you do um
1: i went cornerback finally with um jarek bernard converse cornerback out of lsu um six one he went to the Jets later
0: yeah Um, he went at 204 overall
1: yeah um he at least went in the sixth round i (laughs) <laughs> uh, they, no, you're kept, you're doing good man his name kept not being um thing and i'm like oh my god he, i'm in the sixth round i'm gonna draft someone who is like late seventh or um draft someone who went undrafted and people are gonna laugh at me um but he, you know he's a he's a big guy he's um he, he's 6'1 um 197 plays um about that size i mean he's he's got the length and all of that Uh, really what drew me to him was he's a great tackler um, and he'll get his he'll he's not afraid to get up and play the run and get his you know football jersey dirty Mm -hmm. um, making tackles and 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 sticking his head in places where um, most cornerbacks don't want anything to do with and that just sounds like a seahawk um cool yeah he's not He's not the fastest guy. He's not the quickest guy.
0: Um, yeah, but he can close on you. He's got decent ball skills. You know, he's, he's you know, he's traitsy. So at 204 or, you know, not at 204, 198, mm-hmm. that's that's what you're looking for. Seattle kind of did a similar thing, if if you will. They went with a smaller prospect at defensive back in Jarek Reed, uh, safety out of New Mexico, 5'10", 192. So they're not at all similar in that respect, but another uh, opportunity for a feisty young slot a cover corner uh, to to come in and have an impact on the roster. So that's kind of what you're looking for in this, in this area. Somebody that does something, one thing really well, Jerry Reed happens to be a slot, a slot cover corner. That's what he does. He's got nice agility, not long speed, but you know, he's a hybrid defender. He's come up and hit you Mm -hmm. and so forth. Um, That's the thing
1: is he can, he, he plays the run well and he can, he'll be a good zone coverage guy. Um, I just don't, he's probably not a man coverage, guy, but he might develop. That's the part um, the two things that here's here's the part in his um, his uh, draft profile that caused him to slip this far and why I wasn't sure if this was going to be a good um, if you look at the NFL.com under weaknesses has given up a high number of touchdowns in coverage and the next line fails to turn head and find the football win. Are,
0: are we talking about Jarek? No, or, I'm talking. Are, I'm
1: talking oh. about um, Bernard Carvers. Okay. I, this was why I was like, yeah this is why he's here yeah but i i like the other parts of his game and i hope that the team can teach him and if nothing else he'll be good in special teams because he likes to tackle
0: (laughs) true all right we get Uh, to the final round
1: i'm you can tell how confident i am in that particular (laughs) um
0: yeah i honestly i hadn't looked at him very much before the you know in the in the pre-draft process so I'm going to hold off my, uh, my comment on that, but let's go to the seventh round. Last pick, 237, Seattle sticks at the pick and takes running back Kenny McIntosh. Um, on your board, since you've already told me you didn't have any Seahawks picks, I know that's not the guy. What were you Truly. looking at?
1: Um, I picked a guy, and I, I told you who I would have picked in that spot when we, did, uh, when we were guests on um, Dan Vian's show. Um, defensive tackle Moro Ajomo out of texas Mm
0: -hmm.
1: um he was my guy i i i i I like him more than i probably should um he's he's just a a good super athletic player at 6'3 292 he's a defensive tackle he's probably um you know jalen carter's backup at three tech so he doesn't even have a spot on the on the line even if even if he lives up to everything i want him to be he doesn't really have a job but i like him that much yeah. um, he's got long arms six 292 um gets upfield lives in the backfield even if he's a crummy run defender he's a pass rusher he's a guy that makes things happen on the inside of um you know the pocket and i just I like, I like him more than, than I probably should given his tape, but I just think he's going to be good. He, he's not looking at him as a possible undrafted guy. Isn't as bad as Puna Ford, who I was like, this is a third or fourth round pick. Why is he going undrafted? Um, It's not that bad, but I think him as a seventh round pick just doesn't make any sense. This guy should have gone in around five. I would have taken him around five. I think, you know, another Carter.
0: Another prospect that, that I may have considered in this spot with Corey Trice uh, out of Purdue, but you've already got your corner with Bernard uh, Converse. The, they're similar in, in style. Um, there were other players, Brandon Hill, the safety, Moro Ajomo, obviously. Um, Ronnie Bell, the wide receiver out of Michigan, is an interesting prospect at that level of the draft. Okay. Um, what else? Alex Forsythe, the the underrated center, I believe, out of Oregon. Um, it'll be interesting to see what what he does. The other
1: one was, um, one of the guys that ended up going undrafted Jared Collins, I think, um, nose tackle that I'm surprised went undrafted. And he was a guy that I would have, um, I would have taken at some point. It really came down to, I got at the end and it was, it was between those two. Um,
0: I like that pick actually
1: and you know the no the big nose tackle which this, the team needs and isn't on my draft or the pick that's repetitive over the first round pick that probably won't see the field much but i like him a lot so i picked him anyway <laughs> yeah
0: i um, like your draft especially the first so, uh five or six picks keith uh, you know the back end drud clark the back...
1: that's who it was drud clark out of oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Coastal, coastal carolina
0: yeah you know, I, I like your draft if you can comp it straight over, you know, whatever. But just standing alone, your draft is a solid draft for sure, especially at the top where you've addressed all the interior defensive uh, positions. And you kind of have that philosophy. You've held true to that throughout this entire process. That's really, really going to be important to you. And you accomplished that out of the draft. So I thought that part of it was pretty cool. Um, so let's just go through them really quick. Uh, at five, you got Jalen Carter. Seattle mm-hmm. chose Devin Witherspoon. Uh, At 20, you got Nolan Smith. We went with uh, Njigba. Joe Tippman at 37, the center. Uh, We went with Derek Hall, the edge rusher. Marvin Mims, the wide receiver at 52. We went with Charbonnet, the running back. You got your running back at 108, uh, while Seattle went with interior offensive lineman Anthony Bradford. Cameron Young came off the board at 123 for Seattle. You chose Yasir Abdullah, the linebacker, very athletic linebacker uh the safety uh San Antonio Johnson at 151. Uh Seattle went with Mike Morris, the edge out of Michigan. You went with Jordan McFadden, the guard at 154. Seattle chooses Oluwatimi, the center out of Michigan. Jerick Bernard Converse at one ninety-eight. Your cornerback Jarek Reed was the safety that Seattle chose and Kenny McIntosh was Seattle's last pick. You went with Moro Ajomo. I can't argue with any of your picks and where you chose them and diversity of position groups that you that you selected you know it would have been a great draft i think everyone would probably would have been happy with this draft as well
1: um no one no that's not true um because no one's ever I'm not happy just, with. i'm any not draft. just
0: trying to be kind up really i'm serious no I, I'm, I'm, I'm just
1: serious. saying I'm, well and mine it's not about the draft it's about no there's there's no there's no draft possibility where everyone would have been happy
0: that's true no that's absolutely true no no question i think there is as, as a certain group of Seattle fans that would have preferred your top of the draft, you, you know, through pick uh, 108 um, because uh, it addressed it the needs. positions that everyone yeah. had already established in their brains that this is what Seattle needs to do in order to come out of the draft with an A or, mm-hmm. or whatever it was, a, you know, a good solid grade and where they feel good about having impact players at key positions taken care of. Yeah. And Seattle and, just didn't do that. It's not the way the board fell. Our in our next show, we're gonna we're gonna talk about John Boyle's uh nice article at com where he went throughout the three days of the draft inside the, the draft room and kind of went through the picks and the process and and who was available and if they were gonna think about trading and how all of that kind of went down. Um it's very insightful and it it's gonna make for a great show and, and a lot of insight there. So I'd highly recommend cool. that. But you did, you did well, you did really well, I think. Yeah, I it's,
1: I like this. I, I liked my draft. I came away thinking um, that I did pretty well. And then, um, which is usually, it's usually the case. I come away thinking, yeah, I did pretty well. And then I start to look at, you know, oh, this person went undrafted. Yeah. And oh, I it's impossible. It's impossible and, what you did. And, because, um, and you did really well because
0: all the guys that you so, chose were, were drafted within the a margin of error you know uh, as far as um where they were valued in the draft where they were expected to go and so forth you chose some guys i thought that were early for example abdullah yes sir abdullah um but he went just right after um guy like Rashawn well, I mean, johnson it wasn't
1: it wasn't just abdullah it was like a whole almost a whole round later but
0: yeah I... But nonetheless i thought he you know for me when i would looked at my big boards and you looked at the same big boards he was kind of later and to choose him there is is a is a is a faith and a confidence in your process. I just
1: knew he wasn't going to last. And right, And the consensus right. MIG board at one point had him in the seventh round, and I'm like, there is no way a guy with his athleticism and everything is going to last that long. He's not going to be on the board by the end of the fourth round.
0: So when you did all of your mock drafts, and then you did this, would this have been your best mock draft that you turned in? Ooh. Um... No,
1: because in, in my mock drafts, there were, there was, there were ones where I traded down from five to eight, still got Carter and added a second round pick that I could use on another elite player. Um, Yeah. And not having
0: trades in this and, and, and kind of going with what Seattle did.
1: I, yeah, I, it was just a matter of yeah. it, when Seattle picked, when it said the pick is in, I picked and and so that, yeah, there's that, but I look at, um, you know, uh, there were ones that I think I, I liked better because of the ability to move down, um, and get more picks and, um, still get guys I wanted, but honestly, this is going to be up there. I did a lot of mocks. So did you like, yeah. I probably did 50 mocks, um, like my own. And then plus the five that we had, uh, on our show and same, this would, this is, this is easily top five, even with not being able to trade down and get that extra value and stuff that I, um, would have wanted to do.
0: Interesting. Yeah. You know, um, John Schneider called this one of the most erratic, um, drafts that he's been a part of in the time that he's been in Seattle, just players coming off the board early with medicals that they had on their list. Um, yeah. players that they had on uh, not even with a uh, draft grade come out And yeah, the an they had,
1: they had a couple of players with undrafted free agent grades, um, that got drafted in round three. And so they were, and they were just like, wait, what? Yeah. One of them
0: was probably the kicker that was,
1: probably who doesn't have a big leg
0: (laughs) anyway um fun show keith fun show i i enjoyed it maybe i'll get into this next year uh i know that dan said he did he did one as well and had had a show wrapped around that so um yeah good good job i think overall cool it's
1: fun um i'm sure our 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 listeners and especially the youtube commenters are going to roast me for it uh bring it i i'm here for that because that that's the fun part of this is the the reason why you publish this is because you know john snyder's better at this than i am and i'm absolutely okay with that fact so pile on i'm 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 here for it it'll be fun so
0: hashtag facts okay yep find keith on twitter where you can annihilate him uh once again at myers nfl you can find me at nwc hawk the show is at hawks playbook on twitter Seahawks playbook.com Seahawks playbook podcast. When you look it up on either your favorite podcast platforms, which were all over the place, just pick one and YouTube, got our own YouTube channel. Just make sure you hit that subscribe button before you leave so that uh, we land in your feed every week. So until next time, Go go Hawks. Seahawks playbook podcast listeners. Thanks for joining us for another edition of the show. You can find us on Twitter. Bill is at NW Seahawk, Keith is at Myers NFL, and the show is at Hawks Playbook. You can listen and subscribe to the show at SeahawksPlaybook.com.
1: Podcast Network.